Mlawa, namaste and hello everyone. I'm Nanda. Welcome to my feminist talks. In this podcast, we'll be learning how to unlearn patriarchal thinkings and doing along with other activists from the global south. We'll discuss intersectional feminism and how you can practice it in your daily lives. I hope this podcast will inspire you to understand that feminism is for everyone. There'll be a new episode of Feminist Talk on Wednesday every two weeks. Welcome to Feminist Talks. Again, this week with us, we have a digital content creator and um, what she dis- like to describe herself as feminist SF, uh, Asmita Koyala from Nepal, who is right now in Australia. Welcome, Asmi, uh, to the Thank Feminist Talks. Thank you Talk. so much. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here and talk to your diverse audience. Thank you so much. Um, I thank you for giving the time to talk. I want to start off by asking you to introduce yourself. What have you been doing and what kind of content you've been creating and why you started it in general? Yeah. Um, so my name is Asmita. I am Nepali. Currently, I'm living in Sydney, Australia. Um, I am a digital content creator and I create content around feminism. But I also like to use humor and art so that people like, it can be simplified for people who do not understand or people who do not have much time to read a long blog on feminism. It could be boring sometime and people just skip it. <laughs> so I make like humorous videos or maybe humorous posts and use, you know, attractive graphics to attract um, simple and normal people so they can simply learn about feminism via graphics and via videos. So, and my target audience is really like young people who are willing to learn more about feminism and the issues faced by women, especially in the Asian context, South Asian context. So uh, yeah, that is about my content and my work. I I love your content. Like you said, it's very funny and it's easy like it doesn't take much a lot of your time you just have to like give one minute maximum to to do (laughs) something right and you can like you get to think a lot like you know before going to talk about your your work itself i want to rewind a bit and like let our audience to understand you a bit better on why you started it the pre-activist or pre-feminist version of you like what was it like for you to grow up in nepal and what what kind of family did you have and how how did you started engaging in feminism but before that let's talk about what was your upbringing like um my upbringing was pretty normal like any nepali family uh normal middle class you know not too rich not too poor so yeah that was my upbringing and i'll say like my parents are like super chill and uh, they yeah they are not very strict like many of other uh, nepalese parents and um, one thing that was slightly different in my upbringing than you know rest of our Nepalese upbringing or I'll say collectively like Asian uh, communities um, in our families in our community we are not supposed to question our parents or question (laughs) question you know their parenting and also it's like 
we are the ones who have to follow them even though we have our own dreams uh it's always like it's always about them you know they will just exactly. say yeah, yeah i give you birth i give you food i give you <laughs> yeah that that kind of manipulation that happens a lot in asian household so that was like never there for me even if they try to do that i was very vocal about it and i was like it is it is my life and my decision so you guys just stay away back off and, <laughs> yeah back off and i think they understood that and they after that they were like yeah it's it's your decision you are smart enough uh choose for yourself what did they what did they want you to do at that time that you didn't want to do uh that was a like career little, choice or school or no no it was like little things in life uh, you know growing up as a kid you know i want to sometimes i want to take part in this sports and they'll say no but you are I, and i was very 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 skinny growing up so yeah too little <laughs> uh, and i'll say no i will struggle my way but let me try so yeah those you know small kind of things growing up uh, uh but yeah but when when i was an adult or when it was a time to make bigger decision like career wise or study wise um they, they didn't you know come in my way Mm. So what was this like? I know you said your parents were chill, which is a really good thing. <laughs> I also grew up with uh, with the Nepali parents, which yeah. um, which happened to come with like a lot of restrictions around being a Nepali. And because I grew up outside Nepal, right? Even though we both are Nepali, you grew up in Nepal and I grew up in Myanmar. And I remember, I think especially, I think this is something you may also starting to realize being outside of the country right now. I don't know, you tell me, you correct me. I think being outside the country makes you more protective of your own culture. So my parents were yes. like that. they started to kind of enforce and they feel like it is their responsible to preserve this harmful culture like some of them are ridiculously yes. annoying and harmful but they don't they don't care about it because they think that it's more important to preserve the culture than preserve the human itself or care about the human rights right so i grew up with a lot of restriction that the myanmar culture itself didn't really have you know because i was nepali it yeah. comes nepali like um i often say this to people i don't know if you have to go through similar thing the first time i realized that being woman is a is a bad thing or terrible thing was when i had to go and hide at a neighbor's house when i got my first period mm-hmm. yeah yeah but was, yeah but i didn't have to go through that luckily but in wow. nepal <laughs> in nepal yeah it is practiced like it is practiced i think in every family maybe but uh, i didn't have to do that um there were restriction there still are restriction if i'm home like i am not uh, allowed to enter the temple not participate in festivals yeah. and um sl- they are slowly changing but uh but it will take time you know they are there for centuries yeah. so it will take time but it's like slowly they are they're loosening the cultures up but it was i didn't have to go hide or you know that was not there for me so i think i that should be the norm that. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh Because that's very period, good to hear you know yeah it's just period you know it's just not something ridiculous it's a natural thing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i love your parents that they didn't do it and i i think every parent should should practice that should should not 
go hide their daughters because they got their period that's just a nonsense harmful culture that is trying to limit girls and their potential and just exactly. lower their self esteem right yeah some girls don't go to school on those days so they are exactly. you know they are lagging behind in their education when girls are already behind now you are hiding them in your houses instead of sending them to schools so even many educated and progressive people do that which is yeah. you know yeah which, which is, is like problematic exactly. yeah and i remember you know like a few years after uh, i study and i went back to my village and uh, i was trying to teach uh, some classes in the village for young people and i remember in one of the class that i was giving in one day there were three girls who didn't come to the class and i asked the class like the, their classmate like why are these three girls are not here and they didn't mention it uh, um, they didn't ask for the leave earlier as well and some of them said that they are on period and they didn't come to the school for 3 days until they are pure or until they are not bleeding right and yeah. they would come and I asked them why didn't you come and they said they were shy you know and they were male classmates as well right and they were shy and like even after like 10 years that happened to me it was still happening in the village yeah. and i was so annoyed by that and i said it's my classroom i get to tell you you should come or not if you are on period yeah. so my rule is that whether you are bleeding or not you must come so that's my rule until like if you are sick that's okay i understand yeah. period is not sickness right and it's exactly. sending a message to the to the boys as well to see period as a bad thing as a shameful thing as a sick thing the disease just to right and that's exactly just like and also it comes with a purity culture like girls are impure in period so it's like boys will also develop this kind of you know mindset that okay they are impure so we should not go sit with them we should not look at them and stuff so it is just yeah you exactly said 10 years ago when you were there is it was just like that and people are still in that same mindset and nothing has changed so yeah i don't know sometimes <laughs> we think we are progressing as a society and things are changing but then you look back and things are like just same nothing yeah. has changed i know that's like that's why i often time when they don't want to change this is like i challenge them by saying that oh they would often say like let's say i i offer them to change their mindset on menstrual taboo and like some of the old people they would argue me back by saying oh that's our culture we used to do it for a long long time ago and i tell them i challenge them oh 10 years ago instead of car we used to use like uh, cows and um, buffalo to go somewhere use that <laughs> if you are using those thing i allow you to practice this menstrual taboo as well <laughs> but now you're using car you're okay with using new things but not okay with new mindset <laughs> like <laughs> also there you know uh, whatever is convenient to them they will just leave that part of culture back you know yeah we are progressing all that and what is not convenient like those old people are not menstruating right so it's it's not their issue so exactly. when it's young people they just uh, they can just impose those culture but when it it comes to them when it comes to them they will just 
impose those things. A uh, few days back, my friend was saying like how her father, they, they you know, uh, practice this culture, like impure, untouchable culture when she's on her period. But uh, her father had to go somewhere and he said like, um, can you drive me somewhere in your scooty? And then she said, okay, I am on my period. If I have to follow your rules, you are not not allowed to sit right next to me. You're not allowed mm. to touch me. Why do you want me to drive somewhere? Because now you want that. And like, if you if your rules, if your culture are just so fragile and can <laughs> be broken down by a minor inconvenience, then you have to rethink your culture. You know, you have to rethink exactly. like where they are standing. <laughs> I love that you said your culture, because I think that a lot of the time when we talk about it, especially I just notice it right now when you say that a lot of the time become because I came from that culture, I often like refer that culture practice as our culture, which is not something I practice right now. No, so yeah. Saying that. You're right. I love that. Yeah, I won't say that is my culture because I don't believe in that. I know I that is not the right thing. <laughs> I do not practice that. So no, not not my thing. That is your thing. <laughs> I love that. I would I, I'm going to use that from now on. Thank you for teaching me. And I wanna get to on 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 like why, like what how 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 your interest on feminism started like were you always a very rebellious and like you know a very feisty daughter who questioned other people or is this something that you gradually learned to articulate like what was your journey with feminism i i was a rebel always like <laughs> as a kid <laughs> very stubborn and questioning everything that i don't align with you know questioning every culture practice or behavior that my parents or family would impose that uh, my personal values won't align with so i was always like that but and uh, in school also i used to participate in debates uh, debate competition and stuff so like uh, yeah, I would love to argue with I am doing in social media right now because every day people would just, you know, throw me with so many hate comments. I have to uh... literally argue with them. I was always that person, but being vocal on social media and writing about feminism, creating content on feminism, uh, there was one particular incident that triggered me. It was last year um, in lockdown. There was this guy... Um, who was who made 10 fake accounts just to harass me in my personal id wow and his his id you know his account name would be sorry asmita unblock me asmita that is the name of his account <laughs> like imagine oh making that many accounts just to you know harass a random stranger on internet like i don't know who that person is maybe he knew me from somewhere i don't know or maybe he just saw my pictures on social media and he started you know being crazy about it i don't know what who that person that was but yeah and he did that and i used to uh, screenshot and put them up in my stories report him i did everything but that guy never stopped so I thought like, okay, I am a vocal person and I am not ashamed of putting, you know, he used to comment on my body many like, you know, shameful kind of vulgar messages, all that. I used to screenshot and tag him and like put it in the public in my personal account. And okay, I'm doing all that, but not all girls are comfortable doing that, right? And when yeah. I used to share that, many girls used to say, 
my god this has happened to me as well but i am not like i'm not open about it because i'm i'm not like you i'm not a, a vocal person like you and i am ashamed of talking about it and i was like okay so this this is not only happening to me this is happening to literally everyone but they are not coming out so let's yeah. let's talk about it let's talk about uh, empowering women let's talk about making our girls confident enough to come out and speak about the their abuser so that that particular incident triggered me to create a space for girls uh, to feel empowered to feel safe uh, to um, raise their voices against uh, people who abuse them so that's how i started the wow. page particularly i love that and i love that in a sense that the the question is so sort of startled me that a lot of the time it's it's us it's women who get arrested who get raped who get assaulted but exactly. the person who is doing is should be the one who is ashamed of what they are doing right but yeah they yeah shame, right always it's always uh, put upon women and they are never held accountable because it is so easy for them you know they will just make a fake id no face no name like the name yeah. is like sorry smita unblock me smita <laughs> they would just keep on sending oh you know God. once uh, once i received from the same guy i received a dick picture and i blocked that and second day he sent me a video like a whole masturbating video full session it's like it's crazy how how far they go like exactly. does it to get the face? attention no i don't know who that person is just to get the attention right because i was just blocking him his iris one by one after another one after another and he was like okay let me let me do this i don't know what he was thinking maybe he was so proud of his penis that he felt the need to show it to me i don't know what he was <laughs> that thinking that is insane and 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 it's like you know it's like what what the other girls that were commenting on you saying that you are vocal and they 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 feel ashamed to talk about it is exactly also the kind of teaching that we do in our society right yes, exactly as from a early age when someone is like when we are wearing something short they would say oh go cover yourself as if our body is something to be shameful it's it's it, as if it's our body is inviting people to harass us assault us you know and like you said if someone is vocal and like you know like you know doesn't care about the traditional value they tend to be so attacking on that particular exactly. individual yeah. so that they can control the collective um, empowerment right yeah and uh, you know it's mostly like older people maybe older women who will police young women who will just ask us to cover up because we are inviting people uh, by our body so that mindset is still there and even young people you know sometimes they they still do that like before i started uh, my page like on my personal account like i used to post every kind of pictures right my own pictures and when i used to receive such messages like same full you know slot saving kind of messages and i used to talk about my friends and some of my friends even said like maybe you should stop putting those pictures out there of course, like yeah, yeah. and uh, and we are 
we grew up in the same society. Why is your mindset still, you know, back in 80s? And why am I in 2021? Yeah. Why we are not in the same time? Why we are not progressing um, equally? That makes me question even sometimes I become so hopeful when I see young people. Then again, when I, you know, uh, interact with some people even when they are young their mindset is exactly like my grandfather's <laughs> and it, yeah. it just makes me so like hopeless where hopeless, are you yeah. where are you living <laughs> i know and you know this is what the patriarchy system that teaches us as you know even women themselves try to protect this system by being submitted to the to the harmful practices and harmful things that they are receiving from this whole system and this is like deeply sad and also um you know i remember when you were sharing about like your story just now i remember this one time uh before i deleted facebook for good i remember i received a a personal message uh, a dm from a from a man old man who sent me um a lot of voice messages saying that he will kill me if i come to his town because i talk about this is death threat right and he said yeah. if i come to his town uh, town i he, he will kill me and i'm ruining the culture and as oh Nepali, I, I should be shameful about talking about the thing that i'm talking i was talking about vagina sex menstruation all of these crazy harmful practices that our our people our society embrace without questioning right my job was to make people question and make people think differently yeah. and i remember feeling helpless like like your friend feel like even though i was sort of becoming a public figure in in the society yeah. there was this concern that i feel that oh if i share this information maybe I will invite more people to attack me or like yeah. you know, I was scared <laughs> yeah, yeah. even like as someone who in some way holds some power in the society I was scared to 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 raise that concern with other people but I managed to do do it and a lot of people were supportive enough to do something about it but then you know it's so crazy that how men a lot of the time women online when they are vocal and have huge follower I don't know a single woman who has never been sexually harass online yeah me too because it is you know sometimes when i talk to my friends about oh these people are sending me so many like rape threats why are people so mean to me and someone will say like because you choose it <laughs> because you choose to yeah. be in a position you choose to be in a position where you are you know putting yourself out there and you are questioning people's you know um, centuries long uh, practices belief their mindset they are so rigid in their practices and their mindset that they are not ready to be challenged you know and now you are you are putting yourself out there you are making yourself accessible and you are questioning their belief now you put yourself in that position and that is this is like bound to happen and I, I feel like yeah I knew the hate will be coming when I put myself out there but this amount of hate I mm. I never imagined this will be like it was very it is very recent incident someone commented on one of my video where I was saying like I don't find rape jokes funny uh, and I just find them annoying and stupid. Someone said like, how dare you say that about me? And that person maybe like some dank meme or something. Uh, <laughs> and said like, how dare you say about me and all that and long comment. And he said like, 
he's ready to kill me in four ways. Like, and he described all the four ways in the comment. It's, oh my God, it's unimaginable. Like, exactly. how, could, how could someone come up with that kind of, you know, I don't know, thinking that they can kill someone, they, they can. That is so evil. Ima yeah. Imagine, how, like, I feel so sorry about women in their life, you know, how they might be. Me too, me how, too. How they might be. How they're treating, yeah. yeah. Like, even if they're treating a stranger that they have never, ever seen like this, imagine how they're treating people around yeah. them. Exactly. Even though they can't control my life, you know, but they're still trying to. Imagine, like, in our patriarchal society, most of the brothers already have control over our younger sister's lives. Yeah. Now, imagine that kind of people controlling another girl's life, their wife or maybe sisters. Imagine yeah. them, like, they were trying to control me, a stranger online. Now, imagine them, what kind of, you know, that superiority complex or ownership kind of feeling they might have for their sisters or for their wives. They scare yeah. me, really. And I feel so sorry about women in their life. They, they might be living a very miserable life. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and and I think this also like, it's just two women right now talking about the incident that we have seen. And it's like too unimaginable and too scary and too evil that the men are capable doing day to day basis without really taking any responsibility back. Like I've never had a man who did something terrible to me who come back and apologize at some point in this life that because they realized that it was bad i've never me never... neither <laughs> me Look neither at that. i don't th i don't think they do that at all it might be rare cases but never happened to me never happened to you so it's, yeah yeah i never never like they never change their mind even when they are in you know I was in a clubhouse, you know, this new app. I know that, uh, yeah. yeah. It's becoming popular in Nepal, I know yeah. that. <laughs> I was in clubhouse and I was hosting a room right there. I was moderating a room. And the topic of the room was, why is female sexuality still a taboo? And uh, there were around like 150 people in the panel. We were just discussing stuff and some people say really outrageous things. So I just kicked them out of the panel. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people were, some people were nice and they said their perspective. We have a productive chat about it. So, and after ending my session in, the, in, in my clubhouse room, I just uh, clicked on another room. There was, uh, the name of the room was you know, evil practices in clubhouse and the solutions. It was in Nepali. So clubhouse mahune kuritira samadhan, something uh -huh. like that. And I just clicked on because the, the topic is very, you know, attractive. Like, okay, let's see what are, what are the bad things happening in clubhouse and what are the solutions. So I clicked on that and there was a woman speaking. Uh, just she happened to speak when I clicked there. Uh, the women would say she was older women so she would say uh, okay boys are boys but even girls are talking about sex so openly if this is not an invitation to rape then I don't know what is that woman oh said God. that and I was so triggered because I just I just wrapped up a room about female sexuality to normalize the talk around female sexuality and then I come to next room and the first thing I hear is that 
and the room becomes so chaotic like another person unmuted themselves and they were like oh my god you are problematic and another person like no no she's right and i was like oh my god this room is a mess and i left that room because i don't want to you know go crazy about that women <laughs> because because those things trigger us and such kind of people will never change no matter how and they will be like no no i'm here to learn but they will never learn because they yeah. they have that very rigid mindset they don't have open mind and especially with older people you know even younger people mm. may change their mind older people are like brought up like that they grew up in a society like that so they will just not change and it made me so mad because <laughs> that is so ridiculous if you think like that then that is a victim blaming statement how can you blame the victim yeah. and her and, and, opening statement was right. like boys will be boys but girls are so mindful oh my god so I what is that yeah and, and and i think this another thing that fascinate me and annoy me highly is the idea that we think that certain topic are owned by men like you know sex we always think that it's something like i grew up knowing that sex is something men do to you it's not something yeah. you, you can initiate or have desire yeah. right yeah yeah right it is like you are performing for them and they are there to enjoy it and yeah. they just do it to you but you are just you are just you know you are a tool kind of a tool for men to satisfy yeah. their pleasure and yeah. like what about your pleasure what about your body and your sexuality nothing we are just There's no place for, yeah exactly yeah exactly and, and 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 i think this is why content that you create are very important i feel like i wish like there are as many translation version of your content um, <laughs> everywhere around the country and let's talk about wabi sabi is that correct wabi sabi yes. society and you know this there are two things that i learned quickly about it one was that wabi sabi is a japanese word for imperfection yes. but you know in Myanmar, wabi means i am full sabi is i ate and i'm full so your <laughs> translation is like i ate and i'm full <laughs> society <laughs> so it's like the cooking club or eating club thing <laughs> Tell, tell me, why did you choose that name and what kind of content you produce so that our listener can go and check it out? Yeah, uh, so I choose the name Wabi Sabi Society because Wabi Sabi means uh, act of appreciating imperfect and impermanent things in life. So I choose the name Wabi Sabi Society because as a society, you know, we are not perfect and we are not permanent. Our beliefs not are not perfect. permanent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like the high school me, the belief that high school me have, high school Asmita had, are very different from beliefs that I have today. So we okay. are, our beliefs and our thinking, our thought process are not permanent and not perfect. Um, and it is like kind of platform for all the imperfect people who are willing to learn. Like when I say imperfect people, I do not mean like balanced, sexist, homophobic <laughs> assholes. They are not imperfect. They are wrong. They are, they are wrong with a big W. <laughs> so imperfect, I mean people who are willing to learn, you know, people who are ready to unlearn all the old concepts they have. Make mistake they have as well. Yeah. yeah, and who, who are ready to first uh, perceive new concepts so we all imperfect people can just come together 
and learn and unlearn the old belief and relearn the new things. So, and I am also not perfect. I'm not a perfect person. I don't know everything. So we are all imperfect people trying to learn and trying to grow. So, and uh, yeah, that's why I name it Wabi Sabi Society. And also I kind of find it fascinating the word wabi sabi (laughs) (laughs) i know it can be like i was like when i learned that that's like the definition in 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 japanese is imperfection i realized that in Myanmar, like it has another meaning (laughs) meaning in nepali and other languages as well so it's pretty interesting (laughs) um i want to know like because large like most part of your content creation, which I think extremely is um, attracted to generational Z is that it's meme. A lot of them yeah. are very, I, yeah. I love the way you you put them out, you know? Why, <laughs> Thank you I so want to know like, why you choose meme over, uh, you know, writing or other, um, other ways that you can do video. Or, like I know now because of the Instagram up, upgrade there is a real things where you can create video and you have been starting to do that but before that it was mainly meme so i want to know why you chose meme because today like young people are so attracted towards memes like even i i just scroll memes all day and just laugh (laughs) and oh funny let's send it to my friend and just instantly send it to your friend or tag your friends today like it's like a culture, you know, who is your meme partner? Who do you send all the memes <laughs> every day? So yeah. like memes are so popular. So, and also writing maybe may not attract so many young people because my target audience is young people who are willing to learn. So mm-hmm. if those young people are not, you know, too lazy to read an article or read a long blog post, yeah. uh, they, they might have like, you know, the attention span is so small if you are not not ready to catch the attention in first three two lines they are not gonna read the whole thing so memes is like i utilize three lines max four lines yeah but that should hit the nail you know And that is why I, I use like short form content, like meme format, so they can laugh about it, but also think about it at the same time. Oh, this is funny. Oh, wait. Oh, 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 this actually happens <laughs> every day. Okay, let's, you know, I want that kind of reaction from my audience. So that's yeah. why I choose meme uh, rather than writing or yeah. other long form content. And I- yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think the way you choose um, the pictures and the, the, <laughs> the writing itself is also very interesting. And I want to ask you is like, yeah. how do you choose your content? Like, you know, you talk about from consent to sexuality, to feminism, to white supremacy and like rape and all of these very intense but very important um, topic. How do you kind of uh, come to a point, oh, okay, today I'm going to talk about consent or tomorrow I'm going to talk. Like, what is giving you ideas or inspiration to come up with uh, the memes and the content? Um, I do not have a particular, you know, routine or strategy that I think about, okay, today is this, tomorrow is this. I don't have that, but the things that, uh, put ideas in my head are like everyday experiences or maybe you know these days my content is very much inspired by my comments and dms because people <laughs> send all kind of ridiculous dms all kind of ridiculous you know com- comments 
and just just they they give me so much idea these days to you know mm-hmm. they just send something very stupid and recently i used the word dumbrella <laughs> so it's like oh. umbrella for dumb people the, the umbrella oh. will just <laughs> protect you for i love that dumb, but dumbrella will protect you from dumb people. <laughs> <laughs> i love that that's so funny and so many dumb that. people are, Yeah, so many dumb people are attacking me. Like for one post where I was like criticizing the whole beauty and makeup industry, like how it is making feeling uh, making us feel insecure to sell those products. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this and approach. Yeah. yeah, and all those people were like thinking that I am shaming people for wearing makeup. Like they were like, "Bitch, if you can't wear, then don't shame others." Baby, think critically. I'm not slandering people for wearing makeup. Yeah. I'm slandering the capitalist uh, practice. Who is, you know, they are just making us feel. Oh my God, you are getting so old. Use this cream, hundred dollars. You know, I yeah. am slandering those people. I'm not slandering people who are buying products. So, and the comment section was full of people who just could not understand the post. and just making their own version of the post and just commenting stupid random things so i was like <laughs> you guys are so dumb i need a dumbrella <laughs> i oh my god that is such a funny creation i'm going to use it from now on and 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 about the beauty thing and i think this is so true because today i was going for shopping before talking to you and i was kind of randomly exploring some of the toothpaste and other product that um, that were there in the shopping mall and you know my friend and I we were saying that oh my god this industry is investing so much money that they have taken from mainly women, women like look exactly. at men clothing they are so shitty and so simple like it doesn't have any designing it doesn't no. have any creation it's like plain so fucking plain and too many to too little color like for women they just have a lot of investment because women are it shows that women are giving more money to the industry yes, that, that that that's why they are able to create more products for women so that more women buying it right and it's just like oh my god fascinating that the women are being exploited not only by the patriarchy but also capitalist and like a lot of other ways and, yes. and i want you to define this is something i wanted to ask you earlier that about i was so excited and jump into this um quickly i want to ask you to define feminism what is feminism to you like your own version of feminism definition um okay i am actually writing about it so i will quickly talk about it here <laughs> um feminism is for me you know when we when we read like a mainstream media stuff we always talk about like equality we want equality we want men and women to be equal and i say like okay men are 99% contributor of crime in this world including war crime we women do not want to be like 45% of contributed to that crime let 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 it be yeah. with men because if we want equality we will be the criminals as well so mm. for me i think rather than equality i want liberation from patriarchy from capitalism because once the patriarchy is not there we won't have beauty standards we won't have you know ownership like 
uh, it's father who is our owner before marriage and after marriage it's husband so when are we like our own individual being never yeah. never it's like either you are your fathers or you are your husbands so i don't want that once the patriarchy is dismantled we won't have that so feminism's ultimate goal will be you know dismantle of patriarchy and liberation of women like we want to be our own individuals you know don't police us okay if if we become equal also okay if we have equal representation in politics equal repre representation in economics equal representation socially but even you know when a woman is in the power in nepal it's uh women president right but yeah. people are still policing her clothes yeah. she's always wearing a sari and a sweater but they are still policing her clothes why because she's in highest position but people are still criticizing why because patriarchy because yeah. patriarchy has put women in a place where we are the subject of criticism no matter what power we are in people are not saying a president president of a country people are you know uh, creating so many bad rumors like recently the dissolvement of parliament and all the political chaos that is happening in Nepal right now they are like slandering the women okay yeah politically Nepal is very unstable but we do not see people slandering uh, you know prime minister when they make fun of prime minister they will say this man is incompetent this man cannot run the country this man is old this man you know, is uneducated. But when they have to criticize a woman, they will say she is a slut, she is a widow, she killed her husband, her husband is dead, her her daughters are sluts, she is a slut, her sari is not beautiful, her face is like monkey. That oh is how God. they criticize a woman. Yeah. And when it comes to men, they will say this man is uneducated, this man is not smart. Why don't you say those things to women? Because we all know Nepal is going through a political chaos. If those men and women in power were a good person our country would not be in that position of course we all know our president our prime minister they both are not competent they both are not highly educated they both are not in a position to run the country like that you know they both are sick i mean when i say sick physically sick like <laughs> kidney damaged people okay they yeah. have to take care of their own body not a country yeah but but when it comes to criticism they will criticize man by the competent you know the work that he is not able to do but when it comes to women they will not address the work they will not yeah. not see anything they will just attack her personally like they will slot same her they will and see got two daughters they will, they will just slot same her daughters husband is dead they will say you are responsible for killing your husband you are a witch even though we all know her husband died in car accident yeah. that is the kind of criticism they do to women so even we if we are equal to men even we if we are even in the higher position than men she, she is a president and a man is a prime minister so she is in a higher position she is the head of the state but people still slot same her why because patriarchy and when there is patriarchy misogyny is like you know by default it will just come to you in a patriarchal society so i feel Feminism should be about liberation of women from men totally, like no patriarchy. It should be about dismantling the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah, deconstruction of the society and like reconstruct it again, where women are 
you know free from men because like right their now own we choices mm-hmm. yeah right now we are not free from men no matter how much progressive we are if my father walks in into the room my tone of voice will change of course my tone of voice will change the way i'm sitting right now with my legs wide apart that will change that's such a good point that's something i never really kind of deliberately uh, paid attention to for me also is about women having power or re- really the choice to make you know if they want to study study if they want to be a housewife be a housewife whatever you want to do you should have that option available to you and i think this some way is a liberation to make that choices yeah. and 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 i want to know your thinking on what is the place of lgbtqi in feminism do you think feminism is doing any uh, any kind of work to promote the the awareness and the rights of lgbtqi community yeah i think it is because um you know patriarchy is about men right it's all about men and it's about men being strong men being masculine men being the provider the protector savior lord and savior of everyone <laughs> that yeah. kind of uh, structure and uh, the people of lgbtqi community they do not fit in that uh, box of manhood gay men do not fit in that strong masculine yeah i am the one kind of manhood so uh patriarchy rejects gay people because they do not fit in the box patriarchy rejects bisexual people lesbians because they do not fit in the box lesbians uh, do not submit to men they do not have sex with men so they reject lesbians they reject gay men because they are not you know the masculine macho men so i think uh, they are also rejected just like us so if if we and people from lgbt uh, qia community if we can work together i think it is easier for us because we both are kind of oppressed people because they they rejected women because of course women are weaker <laughs> and yeah. Oh, yeah, they, exactly <laughs> and they yeah. rejected lgbt people because they do not fit in the box of their ideal you know patriarchal society so i yeah i think feminism is doing good to people of lgbtqia community but uh, i think it is their place to say what they you know what they feel yeah, yeah but but um, how i see is we both are rejected from patriarchy because patriarchy is not about us it is about straight men this strong <laughs> men so i think if if we both are rejected and if our common enemy is the patriarchy then i think we can go as a same group so yeah i think feminism includes those people as well yeah and i want to ask you can just say yes or no you don't have to explain this to me but i want to ask do you think men straight men can be a feminist oh <laughs> i am you know this question is i don't i don't think so because they do not have a lived experience as we do and when we say like they can be ally they can support us you know they can be they can follow us but when it comes to uh talking you know taking a position taking a position of power in feminism being a flag bearer it should be a women because men do not know what we go through every day and even the progressive men i have met with you know subconsciously they have some sort of bias that will just show you know that will just show somehow 
so i don't know if they they can be because they they do not know what menstruation is like they have not faced all that stigma attached to menstruation even though they might have seen and they might have empath empathized with us like my brother has seen everything closely and we talk about these topics you know we talk about feminism and everything but he he has not lived my life so mm -hmm. he will so if a man leads the feminist movement i think he is still you know holding that power position of power so i think a leader of feminism should be a woman because she knows what we as a woman collectively go through that is how i see but men can be ally men can be like you know mm. i support feminism i i am with you tell us what to do but men should not be telling us what to do because it is not their place to tell <laughs> similarly we should not be telling you know gay people like how to forward their movement how to you know we should not talk on behalf of them because it is their place and we do not have a lived experience as them similarly men also don't have a lived experience like us so they can be an ally and they can you know just be our backup but not our <laughs> leaders because there have been leaders all our life now leave this moment to us <laughs> yeah exactly i agree but you like did you know like this is a funny question but i just want to have fun with this uh, terminology itself that you know the the word uh, feminism was created by this french philosopher who is also um utopian um socialist and i think his name was charlie's Flora, something like that. He was the one. He's he was the straight man, I assume, uh, who who came up with that word. What do you feel about that? <laughs> A man coming up with that terminology. I'm sure his wife probably tell him that. Oh, let's like th let's use that word. So he just he take credit. credit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that. that. Or maybe some other women come up with it, and then he, being the powerful man, took the credit or something. I am not sure. I need to. <laughs> I was so taken aback that the word was cre created by uh, the a man, but because and I think the word itself is creating a lot of problem with us right now because of the word has a feminist feminine like and people just like feel attacked straight men just feel yeah. attacked that, or it's gonna be about women not about us anymore <laughs> it's about you for all your life all the centuries it's still about you everything is about you what else you yeah. want <laughs> yeah and also if you want to blame <laughs> for the terminology blame charles the french philosopher <laughs> yeah well, don't blame us <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah as me you have been delightful to talk to and thank you for creating the amazing content that you have been creating on social media and educating young people to think differently to question then challenge their old mindset and just being a really inspiring and strong person that you are do you have a message for our listener on how they can deconstruct patriarchy. Any one or two tips that you wanna give them that they can practice every day? Thank you so much for inviting me here. And thank you so much for all the compliments. That is so, <laughs> it feels so good. <laughs> of and course. Some few tips I want to give is, uh, I would like to say for all the male listeners out there, listen, 
listen to what women have to say because you do not know everything of course just like us we don't know your experiences you don't know our experiences so instead of saying oh feminism is fake feminism is this that just listen what women have to say look around look at your mother look at your wife and compare your life to them compare your father's life and your mother's life see what your father does every day and see what your mother does every day and see what sort of credits they get at the end you know mothers end up doing so much free labor but then they are not credited of course she went through so much emotional you know emotional turmoil she has invested us on us emotionally physically mentally but she never get credited so you will just see the difference in your family so start with your family and for all the girls and lgbt people uh, hold on <laughs> we are we are going there we are reaching there we are dismantling the patriarchy speak up very very important we need to call people out when we are being uh, you know oppressed but i also understand sometimes it comes with consequences because it's not always easy to call people out when you call people out they might come after you so you know connect with people like minded people uh, learn more from them create your backup connect with community you know uh, build a community be the force and be the change yeah i love the and i want to give our listener a, a quiz and if you have an answer you can give in the comment section which is what you said earlier about um men being a father being the provider of the food come like i want our listener to think this and answer give me an answer if you have is like if if your father is bringing food to make the food and your mother is the one who's make the food who has the actual power so it's going to be a quiz of the day and food for thought who do you think has the actual power the one who bought the ingredient to make the food or the one who actually make the food <laughs> so if you have an answer please give it to us in the comment section and please follow wabi sabi society and asmita and on on instagram mostly do you are you on facebook as well no i'm on instagram yeah. and you're on on instagram and any anywhere else clubhouse <laughs> clubhouse you're starting to come clubhouse yeah. so okay just go and follow her now clubhouse is available in android phone as well right it's yeah. no longer just iphone so go out there and check her work out i'm not lying to you <laughs> <laughs> also one last thing you just said like it is a food for thought and it is like quite literally a food for thought because it is about food <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you're right <laughs> yeah. who is cooking the food who is bringing the food like food for thought it's about food <laughs> <laughs> okay bye asmi bye Thank you for listening to Feminist Talks. If you like this episode, please like, share and leave your comments and don't forget to click follow for more content on intersectional feminism. Remember, choosing feminism every day will make the world a better place. Have a nice day. See you in next 2 weeks on Wednesday.